Welcome, friends. You're listening to Conversations with Consequences, the weekly podcast of the Catholic Association, where you get witty and charming conversation about the topics that matter to you with the leading thinkers of our time. Today, we're doing a bonus podcast episode, just a short uh, just a short episode because something happened recently. We wanted to have a little talk about it. And I've asked uh, my colleague and friend at the Catholic Association, uh, Maureen Ferguson, to join us. Oh, and by the way, I'm your hostess, Dr. Gracie Christie. Hello, Maureen. Hello, and I am so happy to be on with you today, Gracie. But I'm so sorry that we have such a sad topic to discuss. It is a really sad topic. So what we want to talk about today is this very ugly case of um, an abortionist who died a little while ago. And when I guess they were taking his house apart or when his wife, his widow, went to take things down, she found jars upon jars of uh, fetal remains that he was keeping as some sort of trophy. So uh, Maureen, you wrote a piece very just uh, a couple days ago. Uh, it was published in the Washington Examiner about this. So you know the case fairly well. Can you tell our listeners sort of the, the big details of, of this crazy case? Sure. Well, crazy, but um, unfortunately not entirely unexpected when you get a glimpse into the horrible underbelly of the abortion industry. So there is a doctor. He lived in Illinois, but he had three abortion clinics that he ran in Indiana. And he recently passed away. And as you said, his wife was going through this giant storage garage, and apparently he was a clutter bug. And she discovered 2,246 medically preserved human fetuses. Ugh. So, I mean, imagine a grisly and ghastly discovery like that. And the piece I wrote about it is that as horrifying as this is, it's really not shocking. And it's been interesting to watch the very limited media reaction. Most of the media is completely ignoring it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they just don't want to see the reality of abortion, so they ignore it. Mm -hmm. um, but the media that has written about it or looked at it, it's all, oh, we're shocked. This is so, you know, surprising. It's oh. disturbing. It's sad. And so, so certainly it's disturbing and upsetting, but it's not shocking that there are fetal remains after an abortion. Fetal remains are what remains after an abortion. I mean, these tiny little bodies don't evaporate or disappear with abortion. Something happens to them after abortion. And um, I mean, it's such a difficult and grisly topic to discuss, but normally, um, you know, the fetal remains, the baby's little body is considered medical waste and disposed of as if it were, you know, a tonsil that were removed from a diseased patient or something. So um, probably you, generally the, it goes to a special, um, they burn it, right? I, I imagine fetal, uh, well, any remains or and not remains, I'm sorry, they burn uh, medical waste, as you call it. Right. Well, I think it's probably treated differently in different places, but this is not the first case of an abortion doctor having trouble with what to do with these fetal remains. A lot of medical waste companies don't want to deal in this grisly business. Um, there's an abortion clinic near my home outside Washington, D.C., 
Um, and apparently three medical waste companies have canceled on him. This is what happened with the horrible case of Dr. Gosnell in Philadelphia, the notorious late-term abortionist there. He, he was literally using the disposal and it got all clogged up. And that's oh, why no. there were there were so many preserved baby bodies at his clinic in Philadelphia. I mean, it's well, too imagine, grisly to discuss. But. Imagine the, the people who work at these medical waste disposal companies. They don't they don't want to expose their employees to the trauma of opening, you know, a bag of of medical waste and finding human bodies in it, small human bodies. I, I agree. It's a terrible, a, a disgusting thing. Maureen, what do you know about this abortionist? What kind of a man was he? Well, you know, apparently he was creepy, like a lot of late-term abortionists are really creepy men. I mean, the abortion uh, industry does not tend to atta- attract the the medical profession's best and brightest. I mean, they tend to go into a more respectable profession. So (laughs) often you have these incompetent or creepy or, um, I I mean, there's, if you go to, I think it's called abortiondocs.com or abortionnegligence.com, there's a compilation, a a compilation of um, one abortion doctor after another accused of sexual assault or dirty, filthy um, conditions at, at abortion clinics. I mean, this is not a pretty business. From my perspective as a doctor, I would have to say that it's absolutely true anecdotally that men, generally these are men, who go into expressly the field of abortion, basically abortionists, those are the dregs of our profession. These are these are generally men that um, have have sort of sunk to that level because of their incompetence or their, their ghoulishness <laughs> or their general... Their general lack of humanity can't find uh, a home in our profession, except at that at that bottom level. I, I hate to even call it our profession because it's not. It's you know, I don't think well, killing children is our profession classically. Or, right. Yeah, it's a right, terrible way to say it. Right. Men and women go into the medical profession uh, in most cases because they want to heal. They want to save lives. They don't go into the profession for for such an ugly purpose. But um, I, I read but, you know, a couple, I'm sorry, I read a, a couple things about this guy. I don't know if, if you researched or you read, you came across these things in your research, but I read these things on Twitter. I, I think they must be true. Uh, that he was accused or he, he, he did an abortion on a 10-year-old girl who was yeah. being abused by her uncle and he mm-hmm. didn't report it to the authorities. So the family, like her, her, mother, her mother and father, I guess, brought her in for an abortion. Mm-hmm. He knew she was being abused at home by a family member. He did nothing about this. He, I also read that he had, a, had aborted 13-year-olds who were and, then not, and did not report this because any 13-year-old that gets an abortion is a victim of sexual abuse pr- beforehand. Right. And, and, and often being sent right back into the same situation when it goes unreported. So it's almost enabling the abuse to continue in many cases. So I, I watched a press conference a couple of days ago where a young woman who was a patient of Dr. Klopfer's, when she was 13 years old, she said she never would have undergone an abortion if she had a sense, you know, the maturity oh, to know so sad, what, what entailed. Oh, it was a heartbreak. That's heartbreaking. And, and imagine, I mean, this doctor performed tens of thousands of, of abortions in Indiana. So there are tens of thousands of women in Indiana 
who are reading about this story. And this young woman at the press conference said, she's wondering, are one of those little babies' bodies hers? Aww. And she said, I would like DNA testing to be done because I would like a proper burial for my baby. That um, is just I mean, heartbreaking, how, what, what a heartbreak. I mean, this is what our abortion culture has wrought to imagine the suffering of these women, you know, who so often have been pressured into it or in the case of teenagers, uh, you know, brought in there without really knowing what's going on as this young woman testified. But anyway, it's Maureen, just... I, when I, when I read about this, I also had that same idea about these poor women who were reading this and knowing that probably there was a good chance that one of their babies was sitting in a jar, their, their baby's bodies was sitting in a jar, you know, really just an ugly thought. But I also thought about the baby's fathers because in our society and mm. our culture, men... Uh, are given no choice. They're, a man has nothing to say over whether or not a woman aborts his baby. And I was just wondering how many brokenhearted men uh, were were watching this and saying, oh, no, this is, that could be my child. One of those could be my children. It's an excellent point. There are tens of thousands of men in Indiana that are reading about this story as well and, and wondering the same thing. And, you know, one, I mean, on the one hand, it's ironic, it's providential, I don't know what to call it. But, um, of course, Vice President Mike Pence was the governor of Indiana uh, at the time that this doctor was operating his clinics there. And governor, then Governor Pence, signed a bill requiring the respectful treatment of fetal remains. He was Oh, viciously ridiculed for signing this bill. I mean, I won't even repeat what people in the abortion lobby were saying about him signing this bill. Really kind of vulgar, crude stuff. Um, but he he had he saw the need for mm -hmm. this, signed the bill. And, um, you know, Planned Parenthood fought him on this all the way up to the Supreme Court. I'm sure so, they did. So let's remember what Planned Parenthood does. We know from these undercover videos that Planned Parenthood also preserves the, the body parts of aborted babies. Now, they don't store it in a garage. They are engaged in this uh, ghoulish trafficking in baby body parts for the purpose of research on these baby body parts. And, and we heard the most horrific, callous discussions on these uh, undercover That's recordings right. of Planned Parenthood officials talking about babies' hearts and livers. And um, so there was one it, video, Maureen, that made such an impression on me because it was a, a woman abortionist. I'm, I'm forgetting her name right now. Nukatola, maybe? Um, oh, mm -hmm. there was she a woman, was one of them. Mm -hmm. A woman abortionist being interviewed uh, surreptitiously by David Delayden. And she was just, oh, just to see a woman talking about. Um, crushing a baby's body above the liver and below the liver. And, you know, with a smile on her face and a glass of wine in her hand, I thought, you know, this is Planned Parenthood. Planned Parenthood is the face of women hurting women That's all, and babies. And when you hurt a wow. woman's baby, you hurt a woman. And I, I just, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's fed to us. It's, it's, um, it's announced as the face of women's liberation. Planned Parenthood is here for you to liberate you. You know to me, they're vampires. Planned Parenthood is just a bunch of vampires. Uh, 
Uh, you know, I was also just watching the press conference that the attorney general in Indiana is holding because uh, the fetal remains were found in Illinois because the doctor lived kind of just across the state line in Illinois. So now there's this uh, crossing of state lines kind of negotiation between Illinois and Indiana about how to handle all of this. Mm-hmm. So Indiana has requested that all of these tiny babies be brought home to Indiana And um, I was just reading his quote. He said, we're going to bring our babies home and make sure they're treated with the proper dignity and respect deserved of anyone. That's so wonderful. That's lovely. What a heartbreak. I know. Okay, but talking, talking about politicians, what about the politician who's running for president that you talked Uh about in your piece? Tell us about him. So. So it's interesting the way that all of these presidential candidates are frequently asked about childhood deaths in uh, school shootings with gun violence. Mm -hmm. Uh, The presidential candidates are rightly asked about what are their proposals to do about that. But of course, nobody ever asked them about um, the discovery of these um, of these small children, over 2000 of them at this. You know, it's really like a mass grave. Um, has been discovered. And um, so somebody finally asked the mayor of South Bend, Mayor Pete, I'm uh-huh. not going to attempt to pronounce his last name because I'll mess it up. Maureen, Maureen, I wanted to ask you about him, but I'm, I'm afraid to say his name. I'm going to say it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, we'll call him Mayor Pete because Thank in you. South Bend, I have a, I have a son who's um, uh, studying at, at Notre Dame and they all call him Mayor Pete. So we'll, we'll stick with that. But um, but somebody finally asked Mayor Pete about this because this was happening right under his nose. And he was even involved in the back and forth because a pro-life pregnancy center was trying to open their doors right next to the clinic so that these suffering women pressured going into the abortion clinic might see that there are people out there who will support and love them and their baby. And give them, so a, that they, give them true choice, right? Exactly. Um, but Mayor Pete, of course, fought this. Um, so, so he's very familiar with this issue. And um, when he was finally asked about it, you know, he too. Oh, I'm so shocked. I so mean, shocked. what what did what did he think happened to these babies after the abortion? <laughs> um, but anyway, so, you know, he gave kind of a non-answer and said, oh, I'll have to investigate this. Yeah, but I, I heard that interview, too. And he immediately pivoted to say, well, women's reproductive health. This, this should not be politicized because it could hurt women's reproductive health. Right, oh right. Ugh. And he he even had the gall to pivot right back to that. I know. Um, you know, I, I tweeted his... I tweeted about this. I said, what would you be would you be equally shocked if a doctor? No, I'm sorry. A podiatrist had been keeping corns and bunions that he had cut off in jars at home. No, you wouldn't be shocked, Mayor Pete, because nobody cares about corns and bunions. <laughs> Right. Right. Exactly. That's so. And and you know what? Planned Parenthood statement on this issue, not right now in the light of the discovery. I think this is a Planned Parenthood statement maybe from May when the Supreme Court upheld Indiana's law regarding the proper disposal of or the respectful treatment of of human fetal remains. Um, Planned Parenthood statement said abortion is a safe and legal medical procedure and should be treated no differently than any other. And they said that this law only stigmatizes patients when they seek basic health care. So to your point about 
Mayor Pete and would we be would we find it disturbing if a podiatrist kept <laughs> horns? We would certainly think it bizarre and odd, but we would not be disturbed in the same visceral way that we are when we hear about the little bodies of human babies being medically preserved in this, you know, bizarre and grisly manner. It is so true, Maureen. And there's also this issue of uh, there's a sense that these abortionists are in are in a way, in a very real way, they're serial killers and they keep trophies. What about that? Well, I, I don't even know how I, I don't even know how to opine on the psychology of these late term abortionists. I mean, they are clearly bizarre individuals who have given in to the evil of I, I don't I don't even know how to it's almost on like that. they I cross mean, it's almost like they cross into another another state of being where you can see the most vulnerable the most vulnerable and winning and tender uh, face of humanity and you can see it as you know the the target of your destruction and and live in that in that space for year upon year that's that's really amazing Mm-hmm. An ugly, an, a really ugly subject, Maureen, but I'm really happy and I'm very thankful that you came to talk to us about it, that we were able to talk about it and do this this bonus episode. I want to um, encourage our listeners to read Maureen's excellent piece in the Washington Examiner. We're going to attach it at the podcast show notes. And uh, this is Conversations with Consequences, the podcast of the Catholic Association. You can subscribe to our podcast at thecatholicassociation.org slash podcasts, and you can find there all the links to take you wherever you listen to podcasts. And uh, you can sign up for free. Please do so. Please recommend us to your friends. And Maureen, thank you very much. Glad to talk with you, Gracie.